0: Get ready, Avalanche territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now here's your host, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast, I'm Mike Evans, and that handsome guy right next to me is Matt Smith, who uh, we've shared so many great times together talking hockey. Mm. Of course, when the Avalanche won the Cup, we were together lockstep all the way and got a chance to watch the home opener last night as we're talking right now could have asked for a better night huh four nothing win one of those nights where you come away feeling really good because it was really a team win everybody was involved Yeah, everyone got involved. And again, it's not like
1: Chicago's a bunch of world beaters, but it's a good note to start out on, certainly on your home ice. And if you'll remember one area of their game that kind of tailed off last year was just how dominant they were at home, right? In that cup winning year, they were really good at home. They reeled off that streak in January. It was like 18 straight wins at home or something like that. So yeah, it was good to see them get started off on the right foot on home ice.
0: So much to talk about. Let's let's start with the guy in the performance and the play that really kind of kickstarted them in this win. First part of the first period, they were kind of a little sluggish, but then on the penalty kill, Logan O'Connor, yeah. great play by Andrew Cogliano and Josh Manson along the board. Springs O'Connor, he goes in, real sniper goal. <laughs> uh, this wasn't just some uh, uh, grinder plumber out there doing his work. Yeah. That was a goal scorer's goal, and he makes a little bit of history. First time since Gabe Landeskog in 2013 to score shorthanded goals in back-to-back games. The Avs are 17-for-17 to start the season, killing penalties and two shorties. Uh, How about the performance of of Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano? Jared Bednar went out of his way uh, to commend those two after the game.
1: Yeah, and they've been rock solid, right? Ever since Cogliano came over at the deadline during that cup run, right? And O'Connor, since he came up as an undrafted college free agent from DU, I mean, Logan signed for like five years when he got that deal, I think maybe it was even a little bit more than that for almost nothing. And he has proved to be just a critical role player for this team. As you mentioned, another shorthanded goal as he did, as he did the previous game right in Seattle. And, for the abs, you know, penalty kill was a problem last year at times, but if they can get their special teams to contribute early in the year, that maybe allows a little bit more time for guys like Miles Wood and Ross Colton and Tomas Tatar and Ryan Johansson, all these new pieces to get up to speed because, you know, I wouldn't say that they've been amazing. I think they've had some good moments, but this team has stars to make up for that, right? So if your special teams can step up and your stars can carry the load, give those guys a little bit of time to get acclimated then i definitely think it sets them up to have some success right how, so
0: how much of a luxury is a fourth line like that and how how rare is it in in today's nhl how many teams do you think you can and look at and say they have a fourth line that the coach feels you know supremely confident that he can roll out and not feel like he has to worry about it
1: I think it's really important, especially if you're trying to contend for something. If you're a team that's kind of just trying to figure out their way, figure out their identity, then you know, I mean, maybe it's not the biggest of importances, but when you're a team that's trying to contend for a Stanley Cup, we saw what it was like when the Avs went on their run. O'Connor, Cogliano, and Helmer. I mean, those three guys, there were several different games in the playoffs where they were their best line, not just like, oh, they had a good night. No, they were the best line on the ice for the Avs. So that's like found gold when you have that. That's how you fill out a complete team. And that was kind of part of the biggest priority for the front office, it appears, in the offseason is rebuilding their forward depth lines three and four they bought a whole new third line and then being able to drop o'connor and cogliano it you know what it does it makes them play their role right they're not trying to play out of position and last year with so many injuries many guys had to be asked to do more than maybe they were i don't know capable of is the right word but really just expected to right so i think it's it's extremely important and when you have that i mean it gives you a leg up on everybody else
0: what are your first impressions of this new look third line that had some changes last night? Tomas Tatar yeah. got bumped up to the first line. Uh, Jonathan Drouin was dropped down to the third line. Jared Bednar during the course of the broadcast said, Hey, I'm I'm kind of looking for a, a, a different feel, a different look on that first line with Miko and Nathan McKinnon. How did you, what did you think of the switch up and overall where are we at with that third line? Uh,
1: the third line in general, I, I think is pretty solid miles. Wood, I love, he does yeah. everything the right way. They got him with, with a big deal too. He'll be here for a long time. I mean, physical player gets the greasy areas, always finishing plays. He's always in the right position. And, and when you play hockey, there's so much of that, chemistry that's you don't even see him but you know where the guy's supposed to be so Jonathan Druen's you know the goal that ended up getting wiped yeah. off the board last night because Druen was offsides. Wood was right there because he's always hustling to get into position now Druen coming down to the third line I thought was more because of he just wasn't performing all that well and the abs took a risk there right it was a low risk high reward if somehow you get him and McKinnon to rekindle their Halifax moosehead days and and, and he's been okay. I think he's probably been the most disappointing of the addition so far. I mean, last night with the nice play to set up wood for that goal, but he definitely looked better down on that third line. And there was a rumor, you know, at the end of the first period, Mike, Emily Kaplan came on talking about a potential free agent that's still out there that, gosh, it's been three long years, Mike, of me pounding the table for Patrick Kane to the avalanche. And now they don't even have to trade for him. So Patty, it's time, buddy. It's time.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. We had Emily Kaplan's report. She gave us an update on where Kane is at, that he's really begun ramping things up, and he believes by the beginning of November, uh, he'll be in a position to choose a team to sign with. And it was funny because they were talking about some of the teams, and they were rattling off this team, the Rangers, and maybe Dallas, and and maybe Detroit. And I kept waiting and waiting, and then she threw in possibility of colorado and then they went back to the studio and ryan callahan on the uh uh, on the on the broadcast said colorado is the place this is where he should go this would be a unbelievable fit so when i heard you want to know what my
1: i went you want to know my yeah (laughs) you want to know my reaction was exactly Yes. Yes. Listen you got it. That, that's, Listen to that. That's, yes. I've been saying that for three years. Finally. So it was look, you know, Kevin Weeks, actually, who's another one of their analysts got on TV. I think it was last week. And and he said, look, I know that there's a lot about Kane back home to Buffalo, but Tampa and Colorado are the best spots. And I've closed. I had closed a chapter on this. Like, at the beginning of the year, they signed Tatar, they signed Ross Colton, and I guess I didn't even answer. I thought Tatar was good on the first line to go back to the previous question. Ross Colton, I think he's starting to build. I mean, I really like what he's brought to the table. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's but, get to the but, object of your opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but when Weeks brought that up, I was like, man, I would already closed that chapter. Like, I, I closed that book. I opened it, you know, back in December of 2021. And I was like, this needs to happen. Joe, make a call. And then he made a call at the deadline, but Kane wasn't ready to leave. So he stuck around. Fool. Anyway, um, <laughs> think about how much better his life would be right now. He'd have another Stanley Cup if he just had listened to Matt Smith. That's a good lesson for everybody out there. Just listen to Matt Smith. Your life could be better. Anyway, um. I, I, Mike, I, I don't know if the opportunity is there, okay, if the opportunity is there and Sackic offers him money, I don't know how he doesn't jump at that. And if he doesn't jump at that, then I've got serious concerns about you want to go play for Florida, you want to go play for Buffalo, you'll go play for Detroit fine. You want to win a cup? You come to Colorado. That's kind of where I'm at. And, you know, I think back to Claude Giroux, right? A couple deadlines ago, he, yeah. his, his wife didn't want to be on the West Coast and she wanted to be on the East Coast. It's like, fine. How'd that work out for you, pal? You know, it's, I don't know, Mike, I I can see it as clear as day. I can. It, he would fit perfectly. He If you, think about this. Tomas Tatar, did a nice job last night. Little pocket pass to McKinnon, but you could even move Tatar down to the fourth line, right? And you could bump Drew to the third line, and you could put Patrick Kane on the first line. Yeah. So I, I look if if that opportunity's out there and he doesn't jump at it, then I mean, <sighs> ah, one too many cab rides maybe for him in Chicago, Mike. Well, that'll that
0: would be it. it honestly, it's it, it's kind of a win-win as far as I look at it because if he does choose the Avalanche it shows okay this guy is exactly in the right headspace right where he should be at this stage of his career and if he were to choose somebody else like a team like Buffalo hey you're dead to me it's then okay. yeah because you're you're telling yeah. me all i need to know that yeah going out and winning another Stanley Cup isn't what drives you and if that's exactly. the case i don't want you so it, in in many <sighs> respects it's it's kind of a win-win Want to talk but about you know, me. hold on, oh, yeah. hold ahead.
1: on. You know, if you know, if that happens, I will be insufferable, right? Like, you know, when that happens, you're not going to want to talk to me. Because I'll be I told you, finally, right? I'll be wearing the cane jersey. I'll be I'll be stitching it up that night myself
0: trust me if patrick kane chooses the avalanche i, will I get allow, all the credit i will allow you to take whatever victory lap you want Please. So i'll put up Please. With however insufferable you are if it means they get patrick it might, kane. Be, it might be will ferrell in old school just we're
1: going streaking. you know what i mean you and i down orchard boulevard right there out the studio hopefully you'll join me
0: the uh, let's wrap it up with with the performance so far of Alexander Georgiev. Uh, oh yeah, it's been amazing. Four and zero goals against under one now. I think it's at like 0.89 save percentage at nine sixty five, which is otherworldly. Uh, when you watch him play right now, what what stands out to you uh, as as oh. a goaltender that seems to be even making the jump from where he was last year, where he wins what forty games?
1: Poise and just completely calm under pressure I mean how many times did you and I have the conversation about Darcy when things when there's traffic in the crease the guy it's like he might as well be blind Mike right but Georgiev he just well he was for a while but well (laughs) that's a very good point Mike (laughs) but Georgiev just hangs in there right like he doesn't get rattled he's always in good position and if he gets beat it's typically not because he just whiffed with the mitt like Darcy used to he gets beat typically because there's a screen in front that's how we saw uh, San Jose get on the board when the abs played out out there in California. I, I've been thoroughly impressed and we're starting to see that maybe the AVs finally found their guy. Like how long have we been talking about this forever? Mike, we've been talking about it forever. Even with Kemper, when they moved the first round draft pick, we even, even though Darcy held up, we couldn't wait to get him out of town, right? Like that's not our guy, but Georgiev, that might be our guy right? I mean, you traded, what was it? A third for him. They got him for peanuts and yeah, they had to give him the new deal three years, you know, uh, 3 million per, but, uh, he is leader in the very way too early. Probably shouldn't even be talking about a clubhouse for the Vesna, right? I mean, this he's been fantastic. So if you can get rock solid goaltending and you have the pieces that they have up front, you just are missing, just maybe a little bit of firepower to put you over the top. And again, that's where Kaner comes in, but, or, you know, I think, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because the truth is, Mike, is I'm holding this team to a different standard. It's going to take 30, 40 games for me to really come out and go, oh, yeah. We're, yeah. They're they're going back to the cup again. Right. But, no, they got to prove a lot of stuff to me. More than anything, I just want to see them be consistent and healthy over a, a, a long period of time because, as we know, hockey can change in the blink of an eye. And right now, it seems that this team is pretty healthy. So, knock on wood, it stays that way. But, yeah, if you can get that type of performance from Alexander Georgia, I mean, we're talking about a special player so far. Really, how about that? The save last night in the first period against Chicago, coming down, he sticks out the left leg, right, and he makes the left pad save. And the abs, the abs haven't played great, but he's covered up for a lot of their deficiencies. And when you have a goaltender that can do that with the type of talent in front of him, you got a stew cooking, Mike.
0: Early impressions of Connor Bedard. Does he look like? Surefire can't miss to you or does he look like a 18 year old kid who's a little in over his head right now can I say both
1: like because I think it's a little
0: bit of both I think he is I think he will be
1: that guy one day but he's also just 18 like last night it was okay now you're swimming with the sharks yeah this is Nathan McKinnon and Miko McKinnon I thought it was interesting he was asked about Bedard pregame and he's like yeah okay you know All right. Well, I'm glad he's here. You know, good for him. But then last night you could tell he was swatting the puck away for it was like child's play. It was like a cat playing with their toy. It was like, come on, kid. You know, you're 18 and that team is so far away from being any sort of decent, Mike, in Chicago. So I I do like Connor Bedard. But as we know, it takes a village in the NHL and they're going to need much more than him. But give him a couple of years. I mean,
0: he is 18 and he's undersized, too. Right. So. He does I mean I'm watching him last night I'm like wow he is he is he looks like a boy out there does uh, yeah. he really does looks like and, Sam like, Gerard Yeah yeah <laughs> first time ever in his career any level went through a game without a shot on goal. So, uh, the Avalanche made a little Connor Bedard history last last thought. And this is just a hockey related question. I'm a fan of instant replay. I like the idea of instant replay. I'd rather take the time, make sure you get the call right in the end I'd rather it be the right call. But you were referencing that beautiful goal that got taken away because of the offside, the feed from Drouin to to Miles Wood. Yeah, by the by, the absolute letter of the law, he was offside. But these offside calls does it does it just feel like it's it's too picky, it's too ticky tack that we're just looking for this little cre- crevice and little slice of ice to show up between the blue line and the and the ice to wave off a goal. How do you feel about that? I'm fine with them. Oh, yeah. I'd
1: rather them, I'd, I'd rather them get it right. Yeah, I would. I mean, okay, it takes off a goal off the board, but it, you have to think about it. Like I'd rather the game be consistent and in the playoffs, somebody would end up getting screwed over by that. Yeah. And even though we've been on the wrong side of that, right. I think yeah. back to Landis Goggs call against the sharks back in what was that 2019. Right. But, I don't know, Mike, I, I would hate to see it taken away. I want the game to be officiated the right way. And if it, look, it, it's the letter of the law, right? And if they change it, that's fine. But if you were to change it and remove that, do you just remove offsides altogether? Like, I don't know, I, but I'm asking, like, I, I what, yeah. would you, what would you rather see? You know, yeah. I don't know what the better alternative is. So for me, I, I'm good with it the way it is. And if it's taken off the board, go get another one.
0: Boy, you that know, was a beautiful I've, goal, though. That was a beautiful goal. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was. You, you don't normally see goals like that, you, you, you yeah. know, in today's NHL. And that was, man, that was a beauty. And and the fact yeah. that it was Drouin on that third line with Wood, and that the two hadn't started the game together, and yet they connected that way. It was a well. Beauty. Stay right. stay on
1: the right <laughs> side of the line, Jonathan. That's all I gotta say. You want <laughs> that to count? Stay, stay on the right side is, of the stay line. Stay on
0: the. Stay on the. There you go, Matt Smith. Man, he has he has zero 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 tolerance. It's black zero or tolerance. White. Black or white. white. You're, hey, listen, in or you're out patrick thank you so much as always going to be doing this a lot throughout the course of the year what a start four and and we roll on and what a start to a uh, to the season
1: yeah and valnichushkin still on the team i mean he wasn't disappeared before wow. any games he was there wow. in seattle he played wow.
0: Snark. So, yes yeah, really really good i love snark the by the way i love snark <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's what i'm here level. for that's next level snark so matt <laughs> thank you very much for. thanks mike all right, that'll do it for this uh, edition of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, you can check uh, out and respond to me during the course of the the show. Which Slareth hit me up on the text line, or you can also uh, check us out on uh, X at Mike Evans one zero four three. Love to get your feedback. Thanks to Matt Smith. Thanks to uh, Matt, our engineer. And we'll see you again next time on the Mile High Hockey Podcast.